Hey everybody, Will Houck here with the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals radio show and podcast, and I wanted to do a special episode on this topic because this is something that has hit the nation really hard this last week and uh, hit myself pretty hard as well, and uh, I think that there's some musicians out there who have some really uh, fascinating thoughts on this whole topic, and I wanted to share some of my thoughts on their thoughts and kind of explore the lyrics of some songs and things like that. Before we get to, to all that, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on Spotify or an Apple uh, podcast or um, wherever you get this show, uh, subscribe to that, uh, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the show. It really does help. Uh, leave me a rating, uh, a little feedback, things like that. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, so you can follow the show there and uh, check out our new Patreon as well. Um, that'd be uh, really helpful to the show. Now into um, what we're going to be talking about today. So basically, um, I wanted to talk about this uh, shooting that took place in Uvalde, Texas. And uh, I, I myself am a high school teacher. I've been teaching for 18 years and uh, I teach uh, history and psychology. Started teaching psychology about four or five years ago. Uh, before that, taught uh, U.S. and world history in various forms. And uh, as a teacher, as a parent, this this shooting and and all these these, these mass shootings just hit hit me and a lot of my students. Really really hard um, because it, it affects the place that we are at every day you know it, it's compulsory for kids to be there they have to be there and I can tell you as a, as a teacher and as a parent a lot of these these kids they feel uh, really unsafe about the overall vibe of things out there um, the two songs we're gonna take a look at today are from drive-by truckers and will hoke um, the first song uh, by drive-by truckers penned by Patterson hood and a second one obviously by by uh, will hoke and both of these songs are called thoughts and prayers and they both hit on the issue of uh, of gun violence in America uh, school shootings kind of in particular but uh, the overall uh, thing as well both of the artists um, are from the south uh, Patterson Hood is from uh, Alabama Will Hogue grew up in Tennessee and um, th there's a lot of things that kind of intertwine in this whole discussion uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, religion uh, Christianity evangelical Christianity um, uh, and, and, and that combined with the southern thing and guns they all it, it creates a this weird sort of intersectionality um, of, of things. Uh, Will Hogue has a song called "Southern Man" um, that um, that addresses a lot of those those issues and whatnot. And both of them are very reflective of the the world that they were brought up in and uh, the world that we're living in uh, today. Also, going to talk about polling and uh, how we're not probably as divided as we, we think we are. And uh, also, I'm going to take a look at um, this um, really cool interactive thing that 538 put together. Uh, if you're not familiar with 538.com, it's a um, it's a statistical political analysis um, uh, website. They have podcasts, they have articles, all this uh, kind of stuff. It's a fantastic website and a lot of really interesting resources there. So um, uh, definitely worth taking a look at. So here you go. We're gonna we're gonna uh, kind of dive into this and uh, take a look first at um, Drive by Truckers, Thoughts and Prayers, and then uh, Will Hogue and his song, Thoughts and Prayers. All right. So the first song, Thoughts and Prayers by Drive by Truckers. The main thing that sticks out uh, to me from this song is the term generation lockdown. Um, I, our, our kids who are in our schools, and, and if, you, if you're a parent, uh, you're probably aware of this. You're probably talking to your kid and discussing these sorts of things with them. But uh, I would say in, in general, when you, when you talk to kids about these things, that they, they really feel abandoned uh, by us, by, by adults um, in this whole situation. It's not like a personal thing. Um, that they they feel but um i just get this sense from them that uh the they they, they feel worried and scared and anxious and uh see 
adults not really doing much um, about the whole thing. And uh, for some reason, that, that that phrase generation lockdown just really stuck out to me because um, these kids who are in school now are the, the first generation, you know, the kind of the post Columbine uh, generation who uh, went to school with this 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 threat and have been um, in, in the process um, of this this whole thing. Uh, some schools do pretty um, pretty easygoing lockdown drills. Like at my school, for instance, um, it's, 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 it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not very anxiety inducing. Um, it's, it's turn off the lights, hide in a corner, you know, you have to wait until you get, um, word from an admin and it's, it's that kind of deal. And it's kind of changed over time and people are adjusting and trying to figure it out. But other schools have done some pretty crazy stuff, almost like simulating a school shooting with, you know, little kids in elementary school. And, uh, that kind of stuff is just not good, you know? You know, um, the stories that you hear from kids who are developing long-term anxiety because of this stuff is, is just really sad. Um, so uh, this term generation lockdown really stood out to me because I think that's a, um, a, a thing that, um, uh, really, really fits into that. And, uh, these traumatizing drills are not super helpful. Um, one of the, the, the lines that sticks out to me that Patterson uh, writes about in the song is he says, uh, when, when my children's eyes look at me and they ask me to explain, um, uh, he, he, has to, he, he has to look away from it. It hurts me that I have to look away. When my children's eyes look at me and they ask me to explain, it hurts me that I have to look away. Powers that be are in for shame and comeuppance. Generation lockdown has their day. They'll throw the bums all out, drain the swamp for real. Perp walk them down the capital steps, show them how it feels. Tramp the dirt down, Jesus. You can't pray the rock. Oh, it just reminds me of the song Masters of War by Bob Dylan um, when he says um, uh, you've thrown the worst fear that can ever be hurled fear to bring children into the world and uh, just this this thing of, of, of trying to be a parent in, in, in the world that we live in and trying to raise kids and having your kids look to you for advice and when something bad happens uh, they, they, they are always uh, looking up to you for direction and, and hope and, and like what do we do in this situation and it is painful when you have to, to look away when you have to distract and when, you, when your kid asks you about this and you don't have good answers for them you don't really uh, know what to say and um just kind of this this idea of of, of so much violence uh being sowed into the world and uh, and that was just happening in the 1960s when when bob dylan uh wrote that song masters of war that was directed at the political establishment who was fighting in vietnam sending kids to you know young young men to to, to fight in vietnam in the draft and there wasn't really any kind of clear um, uh, outlined to victory. It wasn't really clear about what we were actually doing there. And, uh, but what we did know is that we were sowing a ton of violence into the world. And uh, that's kind of what Bob Dylan was talking about with that song, Masters of War. Oddly enough, there's a, a line in the next song from Will Hogue that reminds me of Masters of War as well kind of what makes it such a classic protest song um is that it, it didn't just apply to the world that, that he was living in but it applies to uh to other things as well but um that that's kind of what's going on here you know patterson hood's trying to to, to explain um uh, what it's like to be a parent with kids in school right now and and you don't have good answers because you'd like to say oh you know but this this horrible thing happened 
we're definitely going to get together as a society and we're going to fix this. It'd be great if we could say that, but that's not accurate. It's not the truth. And, and it's been going on for, for, for some time now and, and we haven't uh, really done much to address it. So the, the whole song kind of fits into that theme of, of, um, of, of just kind of being frozen and, and uh, paralysis and, and, and all these uh, sorts of things. And it's just very uh, unfortunate to say the least. Um, there's a couple different uh, devices that he uses in the song. One, the use of irony uh, in the song. There's a lot of religious imagery that's used for, for irony. Um, things like thoughts and prayers and glory hallelujah um the song repeats in the lyrics um, over and over glory hallelujah you are in our thoughts and prayers glory hallelujah you're in our thoughts and prayers and um obviously the the irony here is is uh you know this is like the least glorious thing the least thing um you know praising god for this kind of stuff um but you know when you go back to this whole political discussion and what's been happening in america um is that you can't really take evangelical Christianity out of this conversation. Um, evangelical Christianity has leaned into this, this gun movement has leaned into ultra conservatism has leaned into, uh, the GOP and the NRA and all this kind of stuff. They're really inseparable from one another. And I, I speak about this uh, from a place of, um, I think having some authority on this. Um, I went to Bible college, uh, myself. Um, I was going to be a, a pastor, a youth pastor, and then, decided to go into teaching um, instead. So I have a bachelor's degree in Bible and ministry. I spent a lot of time writing papers on the Bible, analyzing it and all that kind of stuff. Now I consider myself a former evangelical. Um, I don't um, uh, think about things the way I used to when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm not evangelical in any way. I see the Bible as largely metaphorical and, and mythological. And I think that there's some really interesting stuff that we can get from it and have really productive conversations with it. Um, but I do not approach the Bible and religion the way uh, religious conservatives do in America. Um, my wife and I were, were sort of uh, kicked out of a, a religious organization for uh, supporting um, a gay marriage and, and, and gay people in general, uh, being affirming of, um, of the LGBTQ community, and, uh, and we were rejected explicitly for that. Um, so that's kind of where I stand on that whole thing. Uh, but it, it, to me, the religious imagery in the song is, is, is super fascinating. Fascinating. And um, I can just say that um, uh, that that there's a there's a real issue uh, in the in the conservative evangelical community of understanding their faith and understanding how um, they understand this issue in in in, in regards to their faith. So uh, a lot of irony about the religious imagery going on here. Thoughts and prayers and glory. Hallelujah. Um, there's also juxtaposition taking place. This is another kind of device that Patterson's using in the song. Um, juxtaposition, obviously, kind of compare and contrast kind of a deal. Um, uh, one of the, the the lines that he, he uses is deliver us from evil. Um, obviously this is a, a you know a religious thing. Spare the rod, Jesus. Um, and also kind of the idea of, of reaping what you sow. So, um, so there's some irony built in that, into that as well. And that, you know, the, the deliver us from evil thing is kind of uh, juxtaposed with this religious community who is opposing any kind of action, any kind of, um, help and, in, in, in passing legislation and having a productive conversation. Um, they're not delivering us from evil. They're, they're, they're leading us further down the path of uh, division and, 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 and all these kinds of things. And, um, you know, as, as a gun owner as well, you know, I grew up in a, in a fairly 
rural community, small town uh, kind of deal. Grew up with family that, that hunts and fishing uh, camps and all that kind of stuff. I own eight guns myself, all uh, shotguns and rifles. It's all hunting. I, I don't own a, any kind of assault style weapons or anything like that. Um, but uh, as a person who grew up around that kind of stuff, I just got to say that, that, um, that the gun culture has taken this bizarre turn over the last like 20 years or so. Um, you know, I, I grew up, like I say, doing a lot of redneck type of stuff and, and I love it. I love Nevada. I love the outdoors. Um, I like shooting. Um, but, but when I was being raised around that stuff, gun safety was, was paramount, uh, being safe around each other, keeping each other safe and, and respecting these weapons because they can be so deadly. And I just see uh, gun culture having gone this weird other direction where uh, people are just mishandling firearms and and not taking it seriously and and having these crazy big arsenals of, of, of guns and ammo and stuff. And it's just it's a world I don't recognize uh, anymore. So um, that's kind of a, a bizarre thing. Uh, the term spare the rod, um, which is, is used in this song, spare the rod, uh, Jesus um, um uh, spare the rod um, uh, is, is, is a term about discipline um, that's it's often used by the conservative religious community about um, oftentimes uh, using uh, uh, corporal punishment on, on kids and, and like justification uh, for that. Uh, but Patterson kind of weaves that into um, uh, the, the song there as well. And then also uh, just this idea of uh, reaping what you sow. Um, so this is a, a, a phrase that, um, that, that Jesus uh, talked about. And uh, the idea is that, is that, you know, if you sow seeds of lettuce, then you're going to grow a lettuce plant to be grow. If you sow seeds of a cucumber plant, you're going to grow a cucumber. And so if you take that to the metaphorical level and you sow seeds of uh, division and violence and guns and all this kind of stuff like this is what you're going to sow so you're sort of like introducing this idea of like reaping what you sow um which also brings you know the the religious element but also into the uh the real world of um, this metaphor and how it plays out with how humans um, actually interact uh, with one another uh so this song thoughts and prayers by drive-by truckers um yeah, I think it's meant to um, to kind of um, uh, explore this this topic, explore this issue, and uh, really get to these these um, these key issues of of uh, being a parent in this world, um, and and being scared for your kids, and also being sad that you don't have clear directions and, and a clear line of hope uh, that you can talk to your kids about and say, "This is going to change. We're going to do it. We're going to take care of you." And a lot of parents around the nation right now are feeling that sense of grief, that sense of um, of of, of worrying about their kids of not knowing what to say and um, then also the idea of just dropping them off at school and never seeing them again uh, kind of a deal and uh, just the, the the utter terror that these these, these poor kids must have, have gone through in Uvalde and in Newtown and, and uh, Parkland and you know all these these school shootings it uh, it's unbelievable so that's drive-by truckers and their song thoughts and prayers all right. So the second th song I wanted to talk about is Will Hogue and his song, uh, Thoughts and Prayers. Uh, so Will Hogue's a singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee. He put out an album in uh, 2018 that was just a, a phenomenal uh, album. Uh, this is where the, the, the song uh, comes off of. Um, it's called uh, My American Dream. And uh, this this song has so, so many good songs on it. Still a Southern Man uh, is, is, is a fantastic song. Thoughts and Prayers is, Amer is, is amazing. My American 
American Dream, The Illegal Line, Nikki's a Republican now. It's it's an amazing album. Uh, the whole album's a protest album, just kind of reflecting on uh, the times. So that was 2018. We're four years out, and here we are again with uh, with uh, songs like Thoughts and Prayers. Um, so there's a lot of the same ideas on this song that's on uh, uh, on Drive By Truckers as well. But this one focuses focuses a little bit more on uh, political inaction, whereas I would say the Drive By Trucker song kind of focuses in in more on 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 the parents and the kids and, and that kind of stuff. Um, this one's more uh, more pointed uh, towards politicians. Um, the NRA uh, comes into this this uh, song as well. And I think the point that Will Hogue is trying to make here is that the, the NRA is mainly a lobbying organization for the gun industry. Um, they, they claim to represent gun owners and, and things like that. And yeah, I guess they do at some point. I used to be in the NRA. I was in Ducks Unlimited. I was in the NRA. Uh, but like I said before, um, the, the gun culture is to me is unrecognizable from one uh, what it used to be but the main point of the NRA is that it's 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 a lobbying organization for the gun industry to make them more money to sell more guns and and um, and uh, and and get legislation passed that that helps them sell um, their guns they've uh, come up with many clever ways to pressure politicians uh, one of the things that they do is the rating system you may hear politicians say I have a 95 percent um, uh, positive NRA rating from the NRA in fact there's a, a politician just this morning uh from 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 my region uh touting his his 95 percent uh a rating with the nra and uh, what they do there is they try and uh, use the pressure from uh um, the the political base mainly conservative republican uh base um uh, to 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 put pressure on the politicians to vote certain ways when it comes to uh, gun uh legislation and to me what will hogue is, is trying to explore here is just that um, you know we, we have lobbying firms for um, almost any kind of industry you can think of. It's a part of our American uh, governmental system. It's probably you know not the best. Um it's a whole conversation of how do you reform lobbying? I think it's problematic. I think a lot of people would agree that it's problematic how to change it and how to legally fix it. That's a whole other, you know, podcast. That's a whole other book probably on how you deal with that. Um, but nonetheless, I think a lot of people would agree that, um, that that's broken, but it's, it's, I think it's important to remember that that's the purpose of the NRA is that they're, they're lobbying for the gun industry. That's, that's their bread and butter. That's, that's what they exist for. And that's extremely problematic when you talking about um, um, parents losing kids and kids being scared uh, to go to school. Uh, one of the lines from the song says, there's a mama's crying because her baby won't come home. You tell a father you're sorry that his son is gone while you sit and do nothing in that big, big white dome and just hope we all forget to care. There's a mama crying because her baby won't come home. You tell a father that you're sorry that his son is gone. While you sit and do nothing in that big white dome And just hope we all forget to care But you could have done something And we all wish that you would To prove to the world you had one tiny ounce of good But you'll blame somebody else for all this despair And not do a thing but offer up your thoughts and prayers Thoughts and prayers and I think that line really digs into exactly uh, what's going on here. And I don't think the American people uh, are, are, don't care. I, I don't think that we have forgotten to care. I think that people get really frustrated 
when something like this happens and they don't see any movement on it and it, it does kind of put out the the sense of malaise and despair um, because you look at the whole political system and um, it, it's not moving at all and uh, that's that's pretty problematic so here uh, kind of a device he's using here is juxtaposing this uh, this parents grief with political inaction and uh, that parents grief uh, while it's it, it's acute for the person who experiences it I think the rest of the nation we look at these parents and we we, we feel a sense of empathy of imagining uh, going through that with our own kids and um, and so we have this this empathetic connection to uh, the parents and then we also look to our politicians and they're over here just bragging about what their NRA rating is instead of actually doing something to help uh, parents in grief and uh, that to me is uh, honestly despicable um, and, and, and it needs to change and and, and people need to to take this stuff um, seriously. It's also linked to our uh, pr political paralysis and division as a, as a nation. Um, I would say our supposed uh, division, more on that in just a little bit, um, but, um, but uh, people feel like we're, we're divided, and I think that's an important thing. Perception is, is, is very important. Uh, the last verse is interesting, too. It imagines these politicians going to hell after they die, and they beg for forgiveness, but God just laughs at them and sends them to, to the fire with their thoughts and prayers and I, I think that's pretty fascinating one because he's bringing religious imagery into this as well um, obviously evangelical Christianity very big in the south and so um, I don't know exactly Patterson's and, and Will Hoag's upbringing um, whether they, they went to church and like I, I, I don't really know all the details on that but I would say that culturally um, Christ, evangelical Christianity um, has their whole life has been very important and uh, impacted the culture around them so um, uh, bringing in that that thing um, uh, kind of makes sense and uh, I, I think that this this kind of reminds me of masters of war as well and thinking about it um, where at, at the last verse in uh, masters of war he watches a casket lowered down into its deathbed and stands over the grave to make sure that he's dead and so this is the one of the politicians who was uh, starting uh, the war in Vietnam and starting uh, sending uh, all the, the the young people to Vietnam to, uh, to to fight in this war and so he's you know um, kind of just standing over the grave and and, and watching him uh, lowered so the, whether it's the grave or going to hell or whatever it's I think it's the same kind of ideas here uh, that um, you know the, the the writer of the song is kind of looking at this whole situation and just um, asking like what are you guys thinking you know this is such an obvious thing there's such such carnage taking place in our country and uh, and you're not doing anything about it you know and and this is just this is just craziness um, so so that's kind of uh, Will Hoag's um, outlook on, uh, on on the song and, and on the situation as well. And again, you should listen to listen to the whole song. It's fantastic. A ton of good lines in there. But to me, those are some of the um, the main the main things. Now, when you think about thoughts and prayers and um, why they're naming the, the, the song thoughts and prayers, uh, the main thing that I can think of is that I think people are getting a bit fed up with um, uh, people using this this term as a way to just get people to shut up and like basically just tweet it out real quick thoughts and prayers with the blah 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 the family's blah 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 thoughts and prayers you know and i think if people take that and they go well you, you know you're taking this pretty serious thing and 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 just being rather dismissive with with the whole thing thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers and and the the sad part is that there are religious people mainly mainstream mainline you know catholic and mainline um uh, protestant 
uh, religious people, but probably the Jewish community as well, especially after they had a mass shooting at a synagogue. Um, there are serious religious people who are praying, who are um, uh, helping uh, people who are grieving, uh, you know, pastors who are talking to family members who are grieving and, and, and offering up condolences and, and actual empathy. But the difference is, is that they're actually doing something. And I think that, that the frustration with Will Hogue and, 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 and drive by truckers and in this situation is that you're, you're saying thoughts and prayers, but you're not actually doing anything. And the fascinating thing to me is that there's a verse in the new Testament um, in the book of James, where it says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. And I think that's such a fascinating uh, verse. And I think that that's what people are saying. I think that's what Patterson Hood is saying. I think that's, a, that's what Will Hogue is saying is that the faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. If you just say thoughts and prayers, you haven't actually done anything uh, yet. And, and it, what's fascinating to me is that so many people who aren't on the religion are on the right side of politics on the, you know, on the, the conservative side of politics, um, oftentimes think of religion as outdated in the Bible. It was written 2000 years ago. It's useless and all that stuff. The thing to me is that there's some actual, you know, if you look at it in the, in the right perspective, there's some really interesting, helpful, useful stuff, uh, written in those ancient manuscripts because all these guys, whether it's Jesus or it's Buddha, or it's, it's any of the people who are writing these, these, um, uh, these ancient books, um, at the end of the day, for the most part, these were guys uh, who were looking at society and they're pretty sharp and they're doing analysis and they're writing stuff down that still resonates like hundreds and sometimes thousands of years uh, later uh, with, with, with people. And I think that's pretty fascinating as a historian. That's pretty fascinating stuff. Now I look at it from a mythological perspective. I don't look at it from a literal perspective in any way. Uh, but I think it's also not helpful to just dismiss all that kind of stuff um, because a verse like that, I, I think that's exactly what, what we're talking about. And I, I, I do think that singers and songwriters and, and, and oftentimes comedians are, um, are like the, the modern day prophets of our time. They're the ones who are looking at society and not that they're not predicting the future. They're looking at society and, and, and speaking truth to power. And, and, um, that, that is, that was the role of the prophet, um, in the, uh, in these, these ancient, um, uh, books in the old and new Testament, as we call them and stuff like that. So that's pretty interesting stuff to me. Now on to the polling, cause I think this is a pretty interesting thing. A lot of people think that we're all divided. We talk about Republicans and Democrats and, you know, everybody's split and the Republicans think this and the Democrats think this and, and everyone kind of in our head, we kind of accept that it's like a 50, 50 deal, just like the Senate right now. But that's not the truth. When you look at polling, whether it's Pew or Gallup or other um, polling over the long term, uh, you see some pretty interesting trends. And I'll just um, uh, kind of list off a few things. Um, and this is from Pew and in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to, um, to this Pew poll. I'm also going to put a link to the 538 analysis we're going to look at. Um, uh, so you, you can click on that and, and see what I'm, what I'm looking at. Uh, transparency, I think, is, is really important. But when it comes to um, regulation of guns for people with mental illness, 87% of Americans agree that we should do that. When it comes to um, uh, regulating uh, gun shows and, the, and what they call the gun show loophole, 81% of Americans agree that we should pass legislation on that. When it comes to setting up a federal database, much like we have... 
a database of how many cars we have. Like you have to register your car. You have to get licensed to drive your car. Um, you can get ticketed for driving it incorrectly. Um, uh, so, so creating a federal database, 66% of Americans agree that we should do that. When it comes to banning high capacity magazines, if you don't know much about guns, the magazine, you may have heard the term clip, which isn't really technically real, um, but a magazine is where you put the bullets. It's a, it's a device that holds um, uh, bullets that you can um, uh, pop into the gun and on semi-automatic firearms, you pull the trigger and it loads another round from that magazine. And so um, uh, if you have a magazine that has, that can that can uh, hold 50 rounds or you know however many um, uh, rounds these, these are, you can do more damage in a short period of time. Uh, so, so banning high capacity magazines, 64% of Americans think we should do that. And a ban on a weapons like the AR-15 um, that was used in this um, in, in, in most of these uh, these shootings, uh, 63% of Americans think we should do that. So you know, anywhere from two thirds to up to 90% of Americans think that we should do these. I think very sensible things. Um, there's a very small minority of people who want to go the opposite direction uh, on that. I think that's really important to to remember when we're talking about the gun debate. Is that if you land on this side of the debate, kind of what we're talking about kind of agreeing with Will Hogue and drive-by truckers and all that, um, you're in the majority by a lot, you know? And, and I think that's very, very important to, uh, to remember. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is, is 538. So like I said, I'll put a, sh- a, a link to this in the show notes. But they have a, um, a gun death analysis that they created a, a, a while ago. It's this, this infographic, and it's really well done. Um, it, when you click on it, you can see what I'm talking about. With the visuals of it are very powerful. But here's some of the um, the main takeaways from their, their gun death analysis. Around 33,000 gun deaths every year in America. A minority of the deaths are from terrorism, mass shootings, and police shootings, and things like that. But that's what we tend to focus on um, is, is, is those types of shootings. Now, when someone goes into a school and kills you know uh, 20 um, uh, 20 children and teachers we're gonna focus on that because that is like an outlier and the rest of the world is looking at us like what is going on in your country um, but nonetheless when we're talking about gun deaths and, and guns in general the conversation is bigger than just these these school shootings or church shootings or uh, supermarket shootings um, about two-thirds of gun deaths come from suicide 85 um, percent are male and more than half are men over 45 that is staggering and i think a lot of people don't realize how big of a problem that is um it's 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 a significant uh significant issue um and that brings into to, to, to play too the um, if you look into the the, the military and uh, how big of a problem uh, returning troops um, that, that that's been PTSD and, uh, and and suicide it is the st- statistics in that are are staggering and sad and and horrifying as well so um, you know hearts go my heart goes out to, to families uh, dealing with that about a third of the deaths are homicide so you know killing murder that kind of stuff um half are young men and two-thirds are black so this is kind of uh pointing towards what's going on uh largely in our inner cities and so that brings into the discussion uh the the issue of uh systemic uh, racism and poverty and um drugs and 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 all this kind of stuff and so there's a lot of intersectionality taking place uh, in this discussion. Um, I, I think when we talk about gun legislation, all of these things should be on the table. We should be talking about how easy it is to get weapons into um, uh, uh, 
communities of people of color um, and 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 how uh, destructive those guns are. You know, people bring up Chicago a lot, um, but don't talk, don't don't ever think about how lax the gun laws are in uh, Indiana and how a lot of the the guns that are getting into Chicago are are coming through Indiana and the lax um, uh, gun laws that are there. And um, and there's there's destruction that's uh, that's happening uh, in in cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, and things like that. Um, so about half are young men, about two thirds are black. And then also um, the the numbers are smaller here, but I think still very, very important. About 1,700 women are, are, are killed in domestic violence incidents with guns every year. And so um, that, to me, needs to be part of legislation and the national discussion as well, um, because that is horrifying and tragic. And uh, as a son of, of parents um, who grew up, I grew up in a situation with alcoholism, domestic violence, and things like that, um, that, that hits me uh, pretty hard, because I lived in a house Household. My dad was an alcoholic. We had lots of guns around the house, and he was, you know, kind of this this violent guy. So, um, you know, my mom, um, she she was put in a lot of uh, unsafe um, uh, uh, situations growing up. So, I think that's an important part of it. Um, and the remaining uh, deaths are accidents. And um, I just have to say that gun culture, like I said, is unrecognizable to me. Gun safety is such a huge thing, and it is just bonkers to me when I see people on TV, when I see people um, uh, in, in public not handling guns in a safe way, I, it, it just, I just recoil. You never point a gun at another person, you know, I mean, unless you're in a situation where you're trying to protect yourself and, you know, you, you have a gun to, to, to take care of that. I'm just talking about normal gun stuff. I mean, the idea of, of, uh, of half the stuff these guys do just is mind boggling to me. So gun safety it weirdly has gone out the window and that is, um, is, is, is sad. And, uh, you hear these stories all the time about a young child, a toddler, uh, getting a hold of a parent's gun and, and killing his brother or himself on accident, something like that. Um, that kind of stuff is just absolutely, absolutely horrifying. So I wanted to wrap up on a happy note. I know that's a lot of like information pulling and, and, um, death and, um, you know, all that stuff that's going on, political paralysis and all that. But I do think that there's hope here. Um, there's a little bit of historical context on this whole thing. Um, the, the, the progressive era was a response to the industrial revolution, industrial revolution. It was basically businesses could do whatever they want, pollute, treat their, treat, treat their workers, however they wanted to treat them. And, uh, things got super messy And then the next era, which was kind of like early 1900s, kind of to the 1920s or so, uh, we passed four amendments. We reformed political structures. Uh, we made things more democratic for your average person. We cleaned up uh, the environment. We cleaned up food. We made the workplace safer. And uh, we put in social safety nets as well. And that was a, a, an era of progress that was that was super helpful and, and established things that made life better for your average person. I, I do think that we're, we're kind of entering into a new progressive type era that the last um, uh, four years or so have been kind of like Ronnie Reagan's dystopian hell. That's what it, that's the phrase I came up with. Uh, this, this era of deregulation and just like, you could do whatever and, you know, like libertarian, whatever. Um, I think we're finding that that's not really working. And uh, there are, are, are things that make our lives better that government can do and uh, regulation can do. And uh, I, I think the American people are starting to 
kind of move in that direction. Um, I think history is cyclical and for whatever reason, we are born in this part of it. That's not fantastic. It's pretty rough. Um, but I do think that, that the cycles move and change and flow. And if, if anything is, is, is true about human history is that it, it works in cycles. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm still optimistic. I'm still hopeful that we can fix this, that we can be reasonable. We can be rational. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of um, getting rid of some people who are just stagnant uh, right now and, 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 and voting in people who are willing to work. And I want a strong Democratic Party and I want a strong Republican Party, um, a Republican Party that isn't uh, beholden to just one crazy guy um, and, and all of his crazy ideas, but an actual conservative Republican Party that looks more like the old school conservatives that I grew up with. Um, I, I, I think in any society, you need both. You need you need progressive type people saying, hey, these people need to be looked out for. And you need conservative type people being like, you know, we got to figure out how to do this correctly. And, and we got to go back and forth and talk to each other. I think that's super, super important. Um, there's this whole thread of the Republican Party right now that is just out in la la land and they're bonkers. Um, but I don't think that's every Republican in America by a long shot. I think that's politicians. And I think it's a, a group of kind of crazy weirdos who've, who've gotten off track. But I do think we can get back to um, uh, rationality and, and, and form some um, reasonable legislation. So there you go. That's my thoughts on the whole situation. Uh, definitely check out Drive by Truckers and Will Hogue and their their their, their thoughts on this. Um, uh, I'm really appreciative that artists um, uh, st still pen songs like this and still uh, work hard at and uh, kind of raising consciousness and stuff like that. So there you go, everybody. I hope you enjoyed these thoughts and I hope it was helpful to you. If you have any um, uh, thoughts that you want to uh, send to me, um, check me out on uh, you know social media on Instagram, Facebook. Send me a message. Uh, you can also email me um, uh, at, at my email address, which is all listed on social media. And uh, I'd love to engage in conversation uh, with you. I don't think I get everything 100% right, but you know, I, I, I feel like this is important stuff, and it's all um, it's all pretty interesting and, and useful. So there you go. Um, yeah, send me some notes, and uh, I'll listen to you. And um, hopefully, you got something out of this conversation. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. And until next time, have a good one. Yeah, you were in a